I almost feel a little bit like whatever I say now isn't going <laughs> to isn't going to cut it really <laughs> um, in that sense that wonderful presence of God really and um, but I'm going to tell you because I've worked really hard on this and I just want to <laughs> see if I was really brave I'd say about three lines and then go and sit back down and and let God do it but um no, seriously, I think God's got some stuff that he wants to say. And, and we have been on a journey already this morning, whether you know it or not, about living beyond ourselves, whether we, we're living beyond ourselves, going on a mission trip, and the investment that I know a lot of you put into places like Zambia and the investment that is about to go into South Africa, and then with Chris and, and Abby with the song and the impact you know, that we're going beyond the walls all the time. And it would be really remiss, wouldn't we, if we didn't let God speak to us individually now about about what we do and um, and over the past few weeks as I've been enjoying and experiencing with you um, what God is doing in this church I suddenly became very aware that we all have a comfort zone really and and what that is will be different for each one of us and some of us have a comfortable temperature we like to be at all the time or like to work in or like to be around and a way of life we feel really easy with and people we feel more comfortable with and so you could say that living beyond beyond the wall is maybe God pushing us out of our comfort zone a little bit because when I was sitting there looking out I suddenly realized that if I live my life through here and all I'm doing is reaching through a wall then my reach is still very limited it's very defined it's very restrictive and actually it takes me as a person actually having the, the guts and the bravery to step through it and actually have that behind me for God to extend my reach into a broken world. And I think as we look at our news screens and we look you know, in the newspaper that you'll read when you get home, our world is broken in loads and loads and loads of ways. And we're going to look at this morning how God wants to give us a greater influence in the world that we're in. And how do we do that? How do we become people who live beyond ourselves? Well, simply I think it's probably this, by becoming people that allow others to encounter Jesus by becoming people that allow others to encounter Jesus. And we're going to look at just two stories quite quickly this morning about where Jesus encountered people, but a radical change happened in their life. And they're two different categories of people. And the first category really I've called the untouchables. Um, the untouchables. And that's found in Mark chapter 1. And we're going to look at the story of the leper and uh, how Jesus encountered him and changed his life. And if you've got a Bible, you're free to turn to that. If not, then it'll come up on the screen there. And it's Mark chapter 1, verses 40 to 42. And it says this, A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. And filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and he touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he was cured. And there's a terrible reality in our world today, I think, that even 2,000 years on, we're still in a society that's filled with people who consider themselves to be untouchable. Whether that's people because of their race or because of their economic status or their language or their background or their education or their physical appearance, they're placed on this lowest rung of a ladder that somebody else has decided is, is right. And the truth is that in certain times and in certain settings, I'm sure all of us in this room have experienced probably a little bit of what that feels like maybe. Maybe how it feels to be a little bit unloved or unaccepted or feel a bit on the outside looking in of something. But you know, this man was the ultimate untouchable. In his culture, in his day, it didn't get any worse than this. 
you know, it was worse than the death sentence in Jesus' day. Um, because beyond the unspeakable um, sort of disfiguration this guy would have had was the excruciating isolation that would then follow. And uh, I said at the half past nine that Mother Teresa has some great quotes that can be used for any sermon, and this sermon isn't indifferent. And she said this, and I think it's so true, that loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. Is the most terrible poverty. And so let's imagine what this man's life was like. I want you to take the hand of the person next to you if you happen to sit by somebody who's close enough and, and just, just hold the hand just for a second and uh, just, just feel what that feels like. I apologise if that's a bit sweaty. And <laughs> but hey. And then I want you to let it go again. Quickly, quickly, boys. Um, And then I want you to think about and imagine what it would be like never again to feel that touch. Never again to feel a child hug you. Never to feel a friend put their arm around you. Never to have somebody take your hand and walk with you somewhere. Because the law in those days was just simply this, you don't touch. And so for that guy, that would be his experience. And then what's worse, along with the pain and the emotional isolation this guy would have had, he'd have had an unimaginable social stigma that considered them to be cursed of God. So not, not, long, not only did he have a disease that needed curing, that culture would have said to him, he needed to be cleansed. He wasn't just sick. They would have used the word defiled or unclean. So in contrast, the lepers had the rabbis, the religious leaders of the day, who purposed to live so cleanly and so purely that they'd never go anywhere near anything that was kind of unclean. So there was such a separation between this guy and the people that were supposed to be bringing the fragrance of God into their world. And that's why this leper doesn't just walk up to Jesus because he knows he's breaking every rule imaginable and he literally runs up to him and he says really urgently, if you're willing, Jesus, if you're willing, because the man knows he's not supposed to be there. So how would Jesus react? Because the law says, don't touch. And the rabbi's job was to make sure the law was upheld and the leper's job was to avoid rabbis at all costs. So you've got this meeting this sort of chance meeting, really, as Jesus was going along his day. But there was one rabbi the leper could approach. There was one person that seemed to have something about him that nobody else had. But you see, this rabbi was also approachable to prostitutes and to tax collectors because it didn't matter to him who you were or what you had. And the difference between these two people was this. The rabbis of the day became so religious that they became unapproachable and the more holy they thought they became the more unapproachable they became but he was Jesus who was never anything less than entirely approachable so maybe the first lesson we can learn from this this morning is this is for us to live beyond ourselves we need to become more approachable not less approachable to the world around us and if you're here this morning and it might be your first time with us or you may be with us a few weeks or you may have been here quite a while, I just want to say something to you this morning if you wouldn't consider yourself yet to be a Christian is that I know that our heart as a church here is to create a place where people are encouraged to and have the freedom to approach God. And maybe some of you have kept your distance for whatever reason that may have been. You know, maybe if you don't deserve to approach God. Maybe if you've got some kind of, you know, modern day leprosy that needs cleaning up first. Or, or you can get, you know, there's something in your life you need to deal with. Or you need to sort something else first before you can approach God. No, I want to say to you, you don't need to wait for that here. God is accessible to you right now. 
as you are, where you're sitting, no matter what you think you've carried in with you. And this is the culture that I know this church and the leadership here want to create, that God is always approachable for everyone, for everyone. And the question I've got for you, if you do consider yourself to be a Christian this morning, is this, am I becoming more approachable or less approachable to the world that, I'm, that is around me, to the world that you've put me in? And there's a second thing from this story. And this guy comes running up to Jesus and saying, will you, you know, will, you know, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus is filled with compassion. He does this amazing thing. And the Bible says he touches him and he says, I'm willing. But which is the amazing thing? The healing or the touch? And I'm going to suggest to you this morning that it was a touch that changed this man's life. That Jesus could have said the words from anywhere, he could have done it any way he wanted to, but he touched this guy while he was still considered to be unclean. And that gives me great hope this morning, because it doesn't matter what I've done or the situation I find myself in, God is always willing to touch me, always willing to touch me, and then my healing may come. And this guy understood that. Because we live in a world where people continually keep their distance from each other. We want to protect ourselves. It's like walking through a shop that's got countless do not touch signs on it. And my mum used to take them in when I was a child to places like Beatty's in Dudley. When Dudley used to have a shopping centre and you really wanted to go there. And there'd be all these like vases and cut glass and she'd pull me in really tight. Like, don't you dare touch anything, Jane. Don't you? And I think that's sometimes how people can view themselves in the world. But I just want to say that God has a shop as well. But the signs are a little different. And they're full of people like lepers, like AIDS patients, like children, the elderly, single and the married, black and white, the slave and exploited. And all of them, God says this to all of them. He or she is worth my son living beyond the wall of heaven, living beyond himself. Because in God's shop, there are signs that say, please love me. Please welcome me. Please put your arm around me. Please touch me. And I want to encourage us this morning. Is there somebody God is asking you to touch? Asking you to touch. It might be somebody you know who is suffering. It might be somebody who you know is alone. It may be a single parent. It may be your neighbour. It may be someone who you work with. It may even be someone that you find hard to love. But I know that the bottom line for me is this. Is that we cannot wash the feet of a dirty world if we're not prepared to touch it. We cannot wash the feet of a dirty world if we're not prepared to touch it. And let's long for a system where there aren't the untouchables, but there's just the welcomed and the loved and the accepted. And wouldn't it be great if they said that of Zion Christian Centre? Don't worry what's the matter with you. Don't worry what your life's been like. You can go there. You can go there and find a God that is accessible. Not just accessible, but he's waiting, waiting for you. So we have the untouchables. And then we've got this second group of people that I want to call the ignored. The ignored. And this is taken from um, the Gospel of John. It's about where Jesus interacts with a blind guy who's been blind from birth. And that's found in John chapter 9. I'm just going to quickly um, read to you the first 11 verses just to give it a bit of context really. And the Bible says, as he, Jesus, went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the work of God may be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me, for night is coming when no one can work, and while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. 
Having said this, he spat on the ground, made some mud of the saliva and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbours and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was, but others said, no, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am that man. How then were your eyes open, they demanded. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and then I could see. You see, this is a story, an encounter with Jesus, with a guy that nobody else notices. Nobody else notices. And just to bring this a bit closer to home, um, when I'm at home, especially in the winter, we've got a radiator that runs across the one wall, and I love to sit there with my back against it. I love having, feeling some heat on my back, and, and Russell be on the sofa doing what Russ does, which is often creating something, or I said colouring in this morning, but I felt really bad. But it is really, isn't it? <laughs> couple of doctor dots I don't know what he does really but hey Russ, Russ like constantly mind is creating something and he's bringing something together and and that's how he he you know interacts with God a lot of the time and that's how he relaxes too and I've learned to understand that over the years we've been together but when I am talking um I want him to listen to me and he'll still be doing his thing and I'll say, you're not listening to me. And I'll go, I am, I am. And he'll then have the audacity to repeat everything back to me that I've just said to him. Because to say, I can't, you know, I've listened to you. But why isn't that enough for me? And I've worked out why it's not enough for me. It's not enough for me because I want him to stop what he's doing, look me in the eye and pay me some attention. And pay me some attention. And to be fair to him, it works both ways. Because often he'll be talking to me and all of a sudden I'll get my phone out and it'll be, I'm actually having another conversation with somebody else while I'm actually listening to him. And so the frustration does work both ways really. Or you have the people that you're talking to and then they'll go, well anyway, and they'll go on. It's like, actually I'm fed up with talking about you, can we bring it back to me now please? And, and it's, but we all have those people around us and the terrible thing is that I've probably been all three of those. I probably have been all three of those. And so this guy spent his whole life being ignored because he simply wasn't worth noticing. He was blind. He was a beggar. And when we see people begging, we can do what these people in this story do. Because if I make eye contact with you, then I feel obliged to do something. Either to have a conversation with you or to interact with you in some way. So it's much easier to turn our head away and pretend we haven't seen them. It's like when you're driving along and you know you should let somebody in. But it's like... I'm not looking. I'm not looking because if I do, I feel I have to let them all in. And it's, and it's, a, it's a principle that we carry through, actually, through all the things that we do in our life. And this was like this guy. No matter what he did, he could not catch their attention. He was so used to being ignored. But, you know, Jesus saw him. And in this chapter alone, John uses the verb to see over 12 times. And I think what he's trying to say is, can we really see at all? Do we really see at all and you see through this encounter we see how Jesus pays attention to those who most people see as insignificant because Jesus walks along and he sees this guy but when does he do it as he's walking along and it's often through our normal day-to-day routine through the unspectacular corners of our life that God actually breaks in if we pay attention to them and we prepare to be interrupted You know, Jesus was a really busy guy. In both these stories, he's on his way to somewhere else. 
but he was willing to be interrupted because our ability to experience God has everything to do with our IQ. And I don't mean our intelligence quotas, it's our interruptibility quotient. But how easy is it for God to break into my world? How easy is it for God to break into your world? And maybe the second lesson that we need to learn this morning is this. We need to be willing to engage the world around us as we're walking through life. We need to be willing to engage the world around us as we're walking through life. And I'm going to share a story this morning that, that really doesn't paint me out in a great light at all. In fact, it probably is probably a shameful experience, if I'm honest with you, about how I really messed this up. And we had some neighbours move in um, a while ago now, and um, really nice guy and his wife and two children, nice family. And, um, and I'd come home and he'd come home and I'd go, all right, Steve. And he'd be like, and he'd just nod his head and he'd walk into the house and... And so every time we met, I'd go, how's it going, Steve? You know, are your children all right? And he just sort of raised his eyebrows at me walking to the house. And this went on for ages, shamefully, months really, until the time when I went down the drive and I said to him, um, are you all right, Steve? And then Russ called me in the house and he went, Jane, his name's Graham. <laughs> for six months, I must have been calling. It's true, isn't it, honey? It's true. I've been calling this guy. Not only that, Russ said to me, Steve was the old neighbour. That's how little attention I'd paid to this guy. And not only had I got his name wrong, but I'd also, also got him the father of two children that he actually was the grandfather to. And once I'd started calling him by his proper name, I suddenly found we could actually have a conversation. And over time, over the last few weeks, I actually found out through the summer that actually... He's got care of these two children because he, his daughter can't have care of them anymore. And so these two children are placed with him and his wife and, um, it be, because the, the daughter can't have, can only have supervised access with them. And, and honestly, it gutted me. I was thinking, God, how could I get that so wrong? How could I get that so wrong? Because I was too much of a hurry to get into my own house. And hurry hates interruptions. And there's the big difference between me and Jesus right there. Jesus was busy, welcomed interruption. I was hurried, totally resented it. I just wanted to get in the house and do my job. You see, God wasn't asking me to get involved in the social care system for these two children. He wasn't asking me to do any really big job and follow it up and try and make their life better. He was asking me to be a good neighbour. That's all he was asking me to do. Pay attention to this guy, find out what his name is and actually build some sort of conversation with him there. And I suddenly realised this morning that I can't actually invite him here now because I've just told him his whole story of, of his life. But I'm sure God's got a way around of doing that. Um, but basically what I had to do was slow down my world so I could see his. Was slow down my world so I could see his. And maybe the secret of being approachable, even irresistible, is just as simple as paying attention to people. Because paying attention costs us. And that's why we're loath to give it sometimes. Because it's at a cost to us. Jesus saw this guy, not just with his eyes, but with his heart. And I wonder how you look at this guy this morning. Because when the disciples saw him, they saw him as a theological problem. Do you remember the question? Why is this guy, you know, blind from birth? What sin has he done? What's caused this thing to happen? You know, because they believed in those days that sin and sickness were very inextricably linked. So the disciples saw him and it was a theological problem for them. The people around him saw him as something they'd learned to overlook. 
something they knew was was distasteful to them. You know, he was he was blind. That was depressing. He was begging. That was demanding. But he was also a leper, which was really disgusting to them in that day. And then the religious leaders, the people that should have been bringing the care and love of God, saw him as, a, as like a, an affront to their spiritual authority, saw him as going to be a challenge to the rule bending that Jesus was going to do. But Jesus saw him as an opportunity to encounter God. How do you see him this morning? How do you see that man? How are you looking at your world? How are you living and loving beyond yourself? How am I? Are you seeing what matters? So what do we do now? And I'm going to ask the band to come back and we're going to do something a little different this morning. And Because this is a really important thing that I think God has been trying to get through to us all the way through this morning, really. Because we serve a big God with a big message and a big cause. And we know this is a big world. And we often can feel overwhelmed by what we see and overwhelmed by what we feel God is asking us to do. And we realise very, very quickly that we cannot do any of this by ourselves. But the great news is that we were never designed to do it that way either. We were never designed to do it that way either. And God isn't asking us this morning to put the weight of the world on our shoulders. He's only asking us to attach ourselves to his cause. To his cause. Because living beyond the wall, living beyond yourself, is never living beyond God. He's never living beyond God. And shrinking back behind the wall will limit our reach, will limit my reach. And we'll never be as big as we were meant to be until we attach ourselves to a cause bigger than our own. And whether that's you've been impacted by the video of South Africa, whether you've been impacted by the 1914 Christmas Carol story, or whether you've been impacted by actually, do you know what? There's a next door neighbour that I need to live outside of myself for. And I want you to close your eyes. And we're going to use that song that we learnt, Christ be all around me. And I just want to speak something over you now. I just want to let God just administer directly to you this morning. Because when the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray, he taught them to pray beyond themselves. He taught them to pray for interruptions. Because he said, when you pray, do you remember? Pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when we pray that prayer, we are begging for a godly interruption. What we're really saying is, God, please interrupt my life because for your kingdom to come, my kingdom has to go. I want you to bring heaven to earth through me. And so I want you to let God answer this question for you in your mind right now. Who is God asking you to notice this week? Who needs to know that you are approachable? Is it a neighbour? Is it somebody that you work with? Is it the mom at the school gate? Is it that friend your son and daughter bring home? Is it the man you just buy your newspaper from every morning? Just ask God to bring somebody into your mind right now. And I'm going to pray that you suddenly become the most irresistible person to them because Christ is all around you. And we're going to sing this song. And I want to ask you, when you feel prompted by God and you feel you've got somebody that, you want to, that you've got in your mind, that as we sing this song and these words of this song this morning, that you hold that person up to God. And you're saying, God, interrupt me. Interrupt me. Break into my world so I can break into somebody else's. So as we sing, as you feel comfortable and you've got somebody, just stand up and then give that person to God this morning. 
And let's see what God can do when we live beyond ourselves.